Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Benchtown TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Kyle, Luke, and producer Dave. We are so excited to be here today to talk about The Witcher so Season excited. 3. Oh my God, it's been forever. We'll be covering Episode 1 today. Uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We are Benchtown TV, uh, a group that loves talking about some good stories in some good TV. So if you want to see some of the other work we covered, um, check us out at BenchtownTV.com or at all the socials. We have over 350 episodes with at least 70 plus shows covered. So we are sure you will find something that you will like. And a Shark Week episode. Don't forget about that one. We do have a shark interview. We recently got our Discord server up and running. We love interacting with the fans and watching fans interact with fans is even better. So check that out if you want some even more binge down action. But back to The Witcher, episode one, Sherwood. I just, from the get, it's exactly what I needed. I, if you were around for season two and any binge town homies, you know, I, I was, I was disappointed. You know, I just, I was heartbroken. So going into this season, super low expectations. We know all the news about Henry. He's leaving all the drama. I didn't, didn't go in with any expectations. I just wanted to watch some good TV and holy shit. I thought this was some good TV. I'm separating the Witcher books. If you're a Witcher books fan, Sorry, I'm just going to be talking about the the show for the most part here. We will reference the books every once in a while to appease our readers out there. But for the most part, the show, books, totally separate. And we got some Witcher fans in the chat. So who else wants to start talking about how much they loved it? I'm not giving you an option. You loved it. I hate how much I loved it because goddamn season four is going to be the biggest kick in the gut ever when Henry leaves. I love him so much. He is this show. I'm not really trying to be negative right off the bat, but it's only negative. It's only negativity coming from me because of how much I love Henry Cavill as Geralt of Rivia. Um, but I want to expand on a couple of things you said there, Paul. Three out of the four of us have read the books, and then half of us have played the game in some fashion. So we're pretty exposed to the Witcherverse. And then if you want to add on top of that, me, Dave, and Paul, we absolutely loved The Nightmare of the Wolf. I think that was what it was called, the animated um, Witcher movie that came out about two years ago about Vesemir. 10 out of 10. That was freaking amazing. And then to add on to it, because of the timing of when it came out and the the, the level of negative reviews that it was getting, none of us have actually watched Witcher Origins. So I'm not sure how interconnected that is to the canon of the show. We can talk about that. I'm actually going to probably end up binging it just because we're doing this. But all I know is like it was pretty it was received pretty terribly. Um, They do talk about the conjunction of the spheres, which is a world building like level setting event that started to get hinted at in season two. So maybe it is worth just for that, that piece of the information. But we already know from the books kind of a little bit more about that as well. All I'm trying to say is that. This season, I'm scared I'm going to love it so much that season four is just going to be impossible for me to to really jump on the Liam Hemsworth train. But so far, so good. This had two of the best action sequences of the entire Witcher series. It really felt like the end of episode one, season one, which to me, up until this episode, was the best action season, action sequence of the show. I think we might have surpassed it by the end. 
Um, but so much to talk about. Super happy to see how beautiful Yennefer is. She's back, baby. We got to see her. We got Yasker. I'm a huge Siri fan, diehard uh, Francesca fan, even though she sucked this episode. And Yarp and Slate, as always. Let's hear uh, the newbie, the, the rookie watcher, Kyle's opinions on it. Okay, we'll sandwich me in between yeah. everybody else. Well, first of all, yeah, as someone who's not familiar with the actual story i've only seen the show i thought they did a fantastic job on the recap that played before season three um i didn't rewatch season two or anything before watching this i was loosely aware of kind of where we left off at but i thought that the recap did actually a really good job of of sending me back to where i wanted to be and i'm just gonna echo i think paul's point and i'm not exactly sure even though luke literally just talked if he said it as well of my expectations i think are much lower like that's like a weird, almost silver lining, somewhat of of the Henry news. Although, it, I mean, that happened what October? We right? were partying together when it ruined our night. It was what was that? Penn State losing a, a college football game, their first college football game of the season, which usually happens in late October. So I think yep. it was late October. Um, Sounds all right. And so that was long enough where like the news kind of somewhat filtered out of me. But then going back in, I know it's a thing, so my expectations are a little lower. And I, I mean, I've only seen one episode, but just kind of pleasantly surprised at how good it feels to just kind of watch and be in like a fantasy world. Which is fun. Well, obviously, we love these type of shows. Like you said, the action was good. He's just the man. I mean, it's 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 hard not to think that it's his last season, but he's just like such a boss that you can kind of almost forget about it for a little bit. Yeah, I think Luke said it for me. What his point was being that it's not that I hate The Witcher or like there's no single person or group of people that's fault it is that Henry Cavill isn't returning, but. That disappointment that I felt of him not being recast as Geralt of Rivia, it just hurts so much. And I don't want to have that negative mindset. Like, I'm definitely not really looking forward to season four. But coming into this season, I kind of knew that based on how the past two seasons had gone with season one being all right, season two really ramping it up. I really thought that season three was going to be incredible. And this first episode did exactly what I was hoping it was going to do. And like Luke said, just the action sequences were incredible. It's just going to be hard not looking at this in a negative light with the news of Henry Cavill leaving. I mean, we're going to bring that up. I don't know how many times on this podcast, but it's just going to be such a focal point, unfortunately, for this show that we'll see what its future lies with, at least in Binge Town's uh, universe. We'll see. Yeah, my first note is literally Geralt is so hot because yeah. the opening scene is just the best. And I just... Literally, Emily said in the middle of it, like, I can't believe he's going to be gone next season. I just said, be quiet. Like, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. This is how you feel. This is how you feel. All these scenes are just going to get completely overshadowed by the fact that he's not going to be there next season. There's so many beautiful people in this show, and Henry's probably at the top. We might have to bring back Ben Kilmary at the end. We'll we'll know. We'll we'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I like that idea. This is a show of beautiful people. Yes, it is. Um, And just a little disclaimer for any real show heavy fans season two you know i watched twice right in a row when it came out and haven't since so if there's any tiny (laughs) details i genuinely might not remember them i should be good though just want to put that out there my my ability to retain knowledge for the show has gone down as we've gotten gotten closer to season four (laughs) but We'll do our best. Like Paul said, we'll try our best, but it's definitely so hard. Even with the books, I was struggling with remembering, like remembering King's names. And a lot of them are kind of like Last Kingdom, where they're so similar in pronunciation that it's like Visimir, Vesemir, Vizier. It's just wild. So we'll do our best. I I feel like I've recognized everyone. It's just 
putting names to faces sometimes. And Absolutely. it's classic yeah. this type of show that it's kind of hard sometimes to put names to faces. Mm-hmm. Philippa was an owl for all of season two, besides the very end. So that one's a little hard to put a name to the face. Um, but but yeah, I mean, they're all so good looking. I love this costume department so much. This, this I, I, yeah, I saw Kyle laugh and he thought I was talking about the good looking people, but I meant their outfits. They are good looking people. And the scene, I don't know, everything just seemed bumped up in this episode. It was amazing from the get go opening scene. Um, you know, we ended Geralt, Yen, Siri all together. We see off the bat, they are on the run. They are being hunted. We saw at the very end, Emperor Amir reveal actually serious dad so he told everybody you will get rewarded if you bring her to me so the entire world the continent is going for Siri right now you know they're running around everywhere it doesn't matter they're always hunted another big thing that ended with season two yen almost sacrificed siri to the deathless mother i believe his name was and I was like, how is Yen going to be redeemable now? I think they did a very good job of the first few minutes showing that a lot of time has passed and Geralt still doesn't trust Yen. But, you know, it's Yen. What are you, you going to just not invite her to dinner? So eventually, as time goes on, that wound is healing a little bit. Not completely closed, but it, it is easier for Geralt to be around her now. And he trusts her slightly more. And how good was it seeing them all at the dinner table laughing? I mean, oh my god! I was like, the family's all back, man. This is phenomenal. I mean, no, no spoiler, but you just know that this is just going to be the last peaceful moment of their lives together. I will say too that they learned their lesson from season one. Like it felt very natural in the progression of how time went by. Whereas in season one, we were just kind of like, how many fucking years have passed at this point in time? You know, like this felt like at least. You know, a few months, like we could see the seasons went by, you know, they were experiencing winter and things like that. So I think they they've already learned from their season one mishaps of time management. But um, so good seeing them all together and seeing them all happy. And I'm I'm guessing the floor is open basically for everything up until the festival because you kind of just open the like that their whole stay. And you're right. They do actually say in one of Yennefer's letters, she says fourth house in four months. So at least half a year we're working with roughly that time period. And you're, I think they did a fantastic job. They. They reestablished the connection between the three. We showed them, just like you're saying, happy family. That was just amazing to see because I think this show is at its best when Henry and Yennefer are together. Even if they're clashing, as long as they're on the screen together, we got away a lot. We got away from that a lot um, in huge chunks of the first two seasons. So I'm happy we got that happy moment in the beginning. And the, the cold opening fight scene even though it was very short was just holy shit chef's kiss that was amazing it's like almost better than the season one finale fight which no it wasn't no it wasn't that was that might have been third that might have been third best but honestly it was it was up there but uh, two things i wanted to say here and this is going to be a shout out to a lot any book listeners book readers listening out there uh and paul i think you probably will remember this too but yennefer starts and ends those letters with dear friend and that's just like an iconic witcher thing where she basically is just being petty because Geralt calls her a friend one time so she makes sure to say dear friend like every single time to basically say go fuck yourself uh and that was awesome that they leaned into that and then the other really really cool book um tidbit i caught there was if you if you see in the montages 
of Siri and Yennefer training all the time. Paul, did you catch the ice skating thing? Oh, yep. I was Dude, just going to say that. We saw you can't saw really Yen and extend, Siri ice skating. But that it. was amazing to see that. That was really, really good. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, to touch on the friend thing a little bit, a lot of book reader fans were really upset with season two because they were waiting for that. You know, it was a big thing, and it was almost the one of the big yen defining moments that you really get of her in the beginning. And they didn't have it on a letter; they just had it real quick when Geralt introduced Siri. I'm sorry, Geralt introduced Yen to Siri as my friend, and. Yen looks at him and goes, friend, and then gets offended. Yeah. Book readers were a little upset that that was it. You know, they wanted a little bit more. And immediately off the bat, they're just shoving, like, my friend, my friend, dear friend, like, on these letters. And it's like, dude, this just seems like crazy fan service now. This is kind of great, if I'm honest. I yeah, love it. <laughs> 100%. So they end up going to Yarp and Zigrin, um, who had the quick line of no one's looking for a black wolf, just dye your hair. I thought that was great. I think that is a callback to the books. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and then they talk about the caravan. As someone who is not familiar with the books, and obviously, yeah, it seems like you guys, your ears perked up when you started to hear the your friend stuff. I thought it was just, you know, in a vacuum, just a very good way to just kind of reconnect them as someone who obviously had no idea that there's like a deeper meaning to it it just felt like a very playful like just the letters in general i thought was very funny i just i don't even know really the right way to say it it just felt like a good way to start the season was kind of focusing on like their relationship like that obviously it plays a huge role in this episode it plays a huge role in the end of this episode which we'll get to but he is just I mean, he's obviously a mutant and genetically altered because he is a stronger man than I am because I don't know how you could like try and play the silent treatment and like ignore her and stay mad at her after being on the road with her for so long. Like She's like coming in, like, you know, asking for more wine and stuff like it was just four like months. <laughs> four months. Yeah, right. Yeah, Get exactly. Out of here. I mean, the only way to do it is, yeah, it is to be yeah. genetically modified. She makes that uh, she makes that short statement of I can you know intuit your thoughts like i i know what you're thinking like just ask me to dinner already um so like i'm sure Geralt's giving her the silent treatment but in, in his head he's like i'm like fuck you again fuck you again fuck you again. so she's like <laughs> just like hearing that that's so good he's playing it's the so long good. game because she loved it when they parted without hooking up skipping ahead oh yeah oh, dude, he's a boss <laughs> he's a boss i mean i love i mean classic line i, I think my favorite part of the episode is like siri getting mad at him when they're dressing up for the ball obviously we're kind of moving more into the ball at this point and she's like you know would it kill you to say you look lovely or whatever and he's like ah like you know i always mess up this girl thing and then yen walks in and i was i literally said it out loud before he said it. i was like say it say it he was like you look lovely and then the look on her face i was like my man bro, yeah. he's got her wrapped around his finger now oh he's a beast that was absolutely perfect so good um that was well done Yarpin tells them about the Bellaton Festival, and Siri's like, oh my god, please let me go. Geralt, of course, the only sound reason, reasonable guy, trying to say maybe we should stay behind, and everybody else is like, oh, just let her go. She goes, gets in trouble, of course. I was like, dude, just li just listen to Geralt. Um, but that's jumping ahead. You gotta let her go, though. Yeah, we, we got a quick scene of this beast tamer, or handler, 
I forget his name, not important, but he has a jack of pace, which I believe they made up. I don't know if that's actually something from the games or not, but I do not remember it. It's called in the games a roly polioli. I have that in my notes. I said, how the fuck does roly polioli get in this maze? Um, <laughs> but we do see that Rience, first of all, it looks amazing. Again, yep. Rience shows up, has the vial of series blood that he got from Vesemir in Vesemir in season two. So, you know, series done for. She's going to be tracked no matter what. This thing totally reminded me of the thing from Avatar The Last Airbender that was tracking totally. Aang. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, Zuko hires the woman to get like the anteater-looking thing that can sniff out. Yeah, it was totally just vibes of that. It it put up way less... I mean, I guess it's just kind of monster of the week type of deal, but it put up way less of a fight than I thought it was going to. I thought it would be a much bigger deal. Like, Yen kind of pushes it away, and then... I mean, Geralt's the guy. So, I yeah, was going to say, out, Geralt but, is that guy. So Yeah, but also, I mean, I, I was obviously... The Yen and, and Geralt aspects of the episode left a, a lasting impression on me. I like when he... It's her birthday, too, and he remembers. And she was like, you remember it? I was like, this fucking guy, dude. He just makes... Every move is the right move. It's just it's, so funny. He knows how to play the game. <laughs> and it's not even on purpose. I don't think it's on purpose. Like, he just no. doesn't care in a way but he also cares he's just plays it so cool it's ridiculous barney stinson take notes baby but it's so funny what i want to say about the uh the maze scene that was super subtle but i absolutely loved it and now's a good time to bring it up is because obviously when we go season to season a lot of time passes doesn't matter as much for older actors but siri played by freya allen i want to say her name is she is on the younger side so you can tell the age up difference also her um the the elf that's with Francesca that was her partner throughout season two I forget when that was when they were together do you remember his name is like Dar uh Dara Dara D A R A he aged up so much yeah. like oh, outside yeah. the show but I think it really works with Siri because she has to eventually become or she is in the already in the process of becoming an Arya Stark type fighter and they really showcase it just in that quick moment where she dodges. The, the jack of pace. baby that, that was, was really really cool I feel like that was reading the book just like how many times they use the word pirouette when reading is just like that was her signature move is that so. what that was a pirouette just yeah, jumping like up spa- and it's like a spin no pirouettes like when you just, just spin on your feet that i yeah, mean that's I basically guess you call pirouette. It aerial pirouette yeah, but okay. it was fucking badass it was yes, cool yes. to see some of the witcher training already showing her and yes. then i mean the magic training by like the way the story's going doesn't show up in that moment and Yennefer doesn't. It's like the fake out for a second. Either way, that was really cool. Just wanted to point that out. And then other comment here is when they're talking, this is a good as good of time as any to bring it up. I feel like I'm talking to Kyle now for a second because I don't remember how how Talk emphasized it was in just the shows, but the whole idea of when they're talking about like, why did you leave in the morning? You know, like mm-hmm. after Geralt and Yennefer are talking. And then they, I forget if it's in this specific scene, but they talk about the last wish of the djinn. So the last wish is the name of the first book in the Witcher series, like the book series. And it's a, it's a bunch of side stories, but it includes that whole, of all the events that had to deal with the djinn. It's so important to the background of this show because 
the entire idea is did Yennefer make that last wish with the djinn to connect her and Geralt and like mm-hmm. is any form of connection they have completely just fabricated by the powers of the djinn or is it deeper and real so I just wanted to bring that up because that's pretty much a theme of the entire series front to back whether it's the show book video games anything and uh, I'm sure that like we've talked about it poor off podcast and stuff but that's just again i like that they brought it up as like the last wish because that is so important in the series yeah yeah that was a huge conversation um and it definitely kind of laid the groundwork for why they were constantly on again off again Garrett literally says i wasn't sure if you were actually what i wanted or if it was just the trick of the gin's magic so side note you can do excuse (laughs) yeah i I would just be like i don't care but (laughs) there is a mission in the witcher 3 based on this fact and you kind of brings a conclusion to it it's really good i'm not going to go any more into it besides that but i just between the books and the games it's like dude there's so many references so good references are out of this world man Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. obviously they got to leave after the jack of pace attack um Geralt big daddy got knocked down once and then killed it in two swings it like brings me back to the season two finale where all of these monsters are coming out and all of the witchers are like dying like can't fight three against one let alone one against one and Geralt can like easily take out the biggest one it's just that's great that they put it in the preseason recap like that exact scene like he kills the one solo and knocks it off like that high little like outcropping bridge thing and i was like yeah i remember that and and watching yen use her magic again that probably had a lot to do with why i didn't like season two because yen that is who she is yen is this insanely powerful mage who whose personality is all about you know top tier echelon abilities you just happen to fall for a witcher and when she couldn't use magic for an entire season i was like i felt like poking her with a stick and be like do something like mm-hmm. she's just like i don't know i, I just felt like it wasn't a nerf well yeah that was the storyline that pissed us off the most from season two because it doesn't happen in the books so i'm happy that they resolved it It was all self-isolated in season two which is why we can throw it out and we're back to to business as usual because like you're saying i'm pretty sure before she meets Geralt, she has like a hundred years of expert level training in magic so that's like it's it's not even like at this point she already is like top at the top at the top so you're right. Yeah. And so while we're, good. you know, bashing season two again, might as well bring up. I don't even know how she got her powers back. She was like in front of Siri and then she like cut her wrists and was like because bleeding and like the, the deathless mother possessed her. So I guess because the deathless mother had powers and she got exercise from her body, like there were some remnants that remained in Yennefer that allowed her to have powers. I have no idea. That's, that's, what, that's, the that's what happened. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like it's definitely kind of a little soft, but I feel like they chose to go that route because I mean, those were the, like you said, those are the two defining factors of Yen. One is being, you know, all about magic and being the strongest mage, whatever. But the other side of it is that she also is desperate to want to have a child. And so she's in season two, then kind of forced to choose. Do you, you made this decision originally when you were younger, like, okay, you clearly chose power over having a child. But now when all that time has gone by and you've experienced having all that power, you now see you choose Siri. You would choose Siri over having your powers any day of the week. Mm -hmm. She just coincidentally got him back from 
whatever. Yeah, the, just bowl with let's me. just pretend season two just doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely a stretch, but I mean, I it does emphasize the fact that she has now chosen Siri officially over herself. And for what no, it's totally. worth. I so, liked season two better than season one, but I'm in the minority. I think. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I'm in I the forgot about that. that too. Probably it's I because thought. I really wasn't a big fan of the books. So when they were diverging so much from the books, it didn't bother me because I already liked the universe. I just don't necessarily like how things happen. So season two is just a free for all. That's all I wanted to say about that. Kyle, as a non-book reader, when you see magic being cast. How do you take that? Are you just like, cool? Just it is what it is? Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't seem like it's anything like crazy. Obviously, it's special within the world, but like I just in terms of like other things I've seen, it doesn't like blow my socks off. It's just, I just, it's an aspect. I just hate it. I just absolutely hate how they try to in season one say, you know, everything comes with a cost. Um, and they show that you need to take the life of something in order to use magic, and then they just never do that again. They just use magic all the time, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they are I, willy-nilly with it. I mean, it, and I'm sorry to step over you, but it kind of gets to a point I've been meaning to make is that Rienz doesn't do it for me as a character. It's kind of whatever. I don't know. I mean, like, the fire magic is is cool to a point, I guess. I, I don't know. I, there's just something about him for me that just he doesn't feel... And, like, they they get into it about he's kind of not actually the big bad and he's more of a pawn and things like that it's just i don't know i'm mm. i just he actually he, like he doesn't do it for me he like can barely use magic in the books yeah. so that's like it's very interesting that they had this aspect come in and the fact that he's using magic as and he's using himself as the source i'm like that isn't that sense. a yeah Cash i'm like <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah, he's going crazy because he's using himself as the source of of his magic. But at the same time, what the hell are you doing if you're not draining the life of something directly next to you in order to use it? Like, can you drain the life and just hold it within you and then pull it out whenever you want to use magic? One of the most strongest mages ever, like, lost the ability to use magic after doing one fire blast, and Rience is out here fucking shooting shit yes. all willy-nilly i think they yes. realize they messed up with that and have been trying to backtrack on it ever since because they haven't re-emphasized it it's yeah. not important again all you got to know about Rienz is he is a scumbag that you're supposed to not like in any capacity he's not supposed to be super confident he's not supposed to be like the smartest guy ever yeah. he's just a hateable dude who gets who can sometimes get a little chip into our main squad and that's what clearly yeah. has been happening throughout the last two seasons that's it yeah i, I think they kind of address your Dave and Paul, they kind of, I feel like Yen has that thing where it's more like he's kind of like there's a puppet master out there. It feels like someone is like feeding him this mm-hmm. ability more so than it's like maybe anything that he's doing. And question Do we know who? I mean, there's a scene where you see Rience and Rience's partner. Uh, I cannot remember her name off the yep. top of my head, but she can only talk telepathically because her whole face got messed up by the same acid that messed up Rience, I think. Did that reveal happen, or am I just remembering the books? They didn't show you hmm. the face. Okay, so then we're good. But but Kyle guessed who it was at the end of season two. I bet you he doesn't even remember his guess. I have no idea what my guess was. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. I could just go back and listen to the episode. Do you remember it, Paul? Do you remember it, Paul? Uh, 
Yeah, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why? There's no point in not no, saying no, it. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's a mystery. Anything. Yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah, but it's my guess you... on a mystery. My guess itself isn't a mystery. It's etched in stone on the audiograms out there. <laughs> no, Siri and finally says, you know, we can't run anywhere because they're always going to find my scent. Let me just set a trap. I'll be the bait. We'll get him to come to us. And then wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And their plan is Yarpin is going to go around to all the pubs and say, just loudly say, I'm lugging this green eyed girl back. And obviously they catch up on it. So they're not going to go alone or I'm sorry, they're not going to let Siri go alone. They have to meet up with one of their old friends. Who is the, some who's... of the best bait you can ask for in this day and age. Hell yeah. But before we get to him, we have to go back a little bit. So uh, earlier on, we had a scene with Francesca and Phil Evandrel. This is real quick. Um, that's just reiterating her goal. Her goal is to find Dal Blathana, a.k.a. the elves home. And she needs Siri for this. If Nilfgaard takes the north, all elves are free. So this new guy, Gallatin, the leader of the squirrels, he's all about fighting and just killing everybody. Paul, who is he? Nathaniel Scooberman, dude. Scooby from How I Met Your Mother. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's hilarious. Unbelievable that this it. guy, this guy in the show that I love from when I was 17 is now like farther in his career in another show that I just absolutely love. Just so good. Um Whoa. and he's great. I, I like you his absolutely character. love this show. Eh. <laughs> season one, season one changed my life. It literally say. changed my life. So I guess I do love it, but yeah, it doesn't mean like doesn't mean I can't get mad at it. Yeah, it's like sibling love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was an introduction of this Gallatin character. To be honest, he's completely new. That's I, perfect I'm, because yeah. I was looking at him and I was like, hmm, he looks familiar, and that's because of how I met your mother. But I was like. Mm, I don't know if I remember his season two plot line at all. <laughs> so his only thing that you really need to know, and they're going to have to expand on this more. They've probably been subtly saying little lines about it and forgive me for my pronunciation, but he's going to be the face of the Elvin faction of Scotial. I said it in the show and it was so flawless. And I was like, wow, that's how you pronounce it. And I it's did like not retain it at like, all. It was like, Scotel. it was like, right, they call them squirrels, right? Yeah. The yes. name in, the yeah, human the name. name is like Scotail or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, so Did you see just... 20 years underneath this fucking headset? No. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to know about that, Kyle, there. is there's just two main parties of Elven Brotherhood, I guess. Like it's the younger, more rash Scotials who were heard. They're the they're the, the the radicals that are just trying to get shit Change done. Now. Like you could tell by by Scooby's like mm -hmm. demeanor. That's how they are. And then Francesca is part of like the the elder race that just wants to do do it her way, you know. So like By it's just books. kind of the two sides, and the Scotia will become a they're going to become important. I'm team go with tell. I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying it wrong, but I don't care. That's how I read they it. said it's so. It's like flawless. when you're at a you're at an Italian restaurant, and you're trying to tell the waiter what your dish you want is, and you're like, uh, I was gonna say parmesan. <laughs> Can I have some <laughs> pro ski uddy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, prosciutto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> All right. So after we get this introduction, a reintroduction to the elves, we actually jump over to Redania real quickly. We have King Vizimir, Dijkstra, and Philippa. And Vizimir, absolutely love his actor. I mean, he is just a 
no worries in the world. Happy go lucky king who's like, we didn't kill that elven baby. Did, Did we? we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's so funny. Dijkstra getting him back in there. The you know, master spy. And Philippa, who was the owl all last season. Um, and we get Vizimir's idea that he is tired of these people searching for this Siri girl who will solve all of their problems once Vizimir marries her because it'll create a union um, and she, they will become immediately powerful. But it's not getting done quick enough, so he's going to go get somebody he trusts, his little brother, Radovid. And they now, also point out here that Redania has the largest army and spy network, which is just keep that in the back of your mind whenever you're thinking about this incompetent king who's really being shadow puppeted by Jixia. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's that's basically this next scene with Dijkstra and Philippa sitting by the fire. They're like, dude, first we had to deal with Vizimir. Now we have to deal with this seed waste brother, which I just think is hysterical insult. <laughs> um, and they're literally saying like, yeah, we're going to have to babysit him now, too. And Philippa actually volunteers to go babysit Radovid while he goes to try and find Siri while Dijkstra does some other shit. But so it seems like she's trying to call the shots because that was the deal. Well, if I do this, I get to come back and call the shots. I like Radovid so far, honestly, as a character, maybe not as a person, but I think he definitely provides an interesting turn. And I honestly don't really remember him being that like pertinent in the books, honestly. So like, I'm really enjoying the screen time for him. I think he's an interesting character because you know, he came off as like someone who was maybe a little honest or and like like a little more fair, I guess. How he was being honest with about like how uh, Redania is not like that great of a country. You know, it's not the worst option, but it's not the best option. But like, and then afterwards, when um, him and Philibur are kind of talking, and he's just like, or she's talking about, you know, you did really well there, and he's like, yeah, just like he's just not taking really credit where it's due. So I really think Radovid's going to be an interesting character going forward. Let's just talk about his and Yasker's introduction because I think that's kind of what Paul you were yep. getting. Us that's to exactly next. where I was leading to. It's not The Witcher if you don't show Yasker being a playboy at some point. So that's just naturally where they're going to kick that off. And of course, doesn't destroy the loot, which thankfully, because I'm pretty sure that's the, is that not the loot that Phil Evandrel gave him well, from gets, season one? Gets destroyed anyway. Saves that's his life. Saves his life. Oh, I, I forgot. Damn, yeah. I thought it was the special. Nah, the special I mean, it might be special, but it's not special anymore. But either way, he gets recruited by Felipe here and um, Radovid. And I don't know, are you guys feeling the 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 sexual vibes? Because I feel like Radovid wants to bang Yasker. I don't know. If oh, it's... immediately. Yeah, Definitely. I don't know if it's going to be reciprocated because have we seen Yasker hook up with a guy no, yet? We've only no. seen him with women. But it's creative, though, you know, like my man, yes, yeah, he's down. Dude, yeah, he, he just likes to pound. I feel okay. like his reactions were like, is this guy hitting on me? Like, I can't tell. Like, he's definitely there's there were some sparks. There's something there. I get hyped I when I see like, Yasker. I just don't like his look, though, his the character for I just don't like the way he looks. I love him. I just for whatever. It's just the it hair. looks so like cosplay like Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know mm -hmm. what it is. It just like doesn't do it for me. I love Chris, him as a character. He's great. It's just the look throws me off. The Chris Angel haircut's not doing it for you? Yeah, literally. Like <laughs> early 2000s Chris Angel and the eyeliner. It's just yeah, all yeah. of it combined together doesn't work as well. I think individual parts could. The haircut's not great for me. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, love him though. Mm. And this, again, straight fan service from the books. This was Vespilla, I think your name is. 
um yeah, just Espula, something throwing like all of Yaskier's shit aka dandelion shit off of the balcony um and he's just begging up to her and all of a sudden he somebody comes up and he's like oh okay and just walks away like all happy mm-hmm. except he didn't walk away happy here because who comes up is philippa with radovid radovid thankfully saves the loot but philippa is telling Yaskier, yo you gotta hurry it up you know, we've given you so much time. We're about to cut you off soon. Um, Radhead comes in with a little nice cop to Philippa's bad cop. And is like, yeah, so many people are chasing this Siri girl. And Redania is really not that bad of a place. The food is great. Why don't you just, you know, come settle down here and you can be a royal bard. Mm-hmm. Um, and not totally against it. Not totally for it. Yaskier's like, yeah, this bird you cannot chain. Okay. <laughs> I could not think of that for a second. Well, you were totally <laughs> going to say, that, I'm though. a peacock. You got to let me fly. <laughs> I thought that's, that's what you were going for. Yeah. That's amazing. So we that's it for now. Yaskier turns around, and who's there but the foul-mouthed Yarpin Zigrin. Zigrin? Whatever. <laughs> Hysterical. Um, they hate each other a little bit, but they're kind of buddy-buddy. And the next scene, when Yaskier's with the whole crew and the caravan, and they're, they're talking... Just Yaskier bitching. I had traveled days and bugs and weather just to be bait. Siri's <laughs> like, yeah, chill. I'm the bait, okay? You're just here. And I thought Siri was absolutely amazing right here. She's like, I'm the bait. And I've seen Joey Beatty is Yaskier's actor, I believe. Um, Joey Beatty and Frey Allen interacting in interviews. Man, they look like they're best friends. <laughs> so when they were shooting this scene together, you could tell that series got Frey Allen's got a little bit of like confidence like real back and forth banter with him and I thought it was amazing yeah the whole main squad does which huh, back to Henry Cavill's leaving but <laughs> it's gonna be so bad, bro. all of the promotional pictures like they've been put, coming out the last couple of days of their premiere like dude these four I, I feel like it's just so fun to hang out with and it's <laughs> <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> those posters didn't do anything to me whatever <laughs> Dave loves Liam Hemsworth. You can't wait to get him in there. Oh, true. Dave, you're a big Liam Hemsworth guy? Yeah. Nah, talk about flaccid again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. I honestly think Liam didn't even look that bad as Gerald. It's just never going to be Henry Cavill. So. Not Henry Cavill. So it's a whole Spartacus situation. All right. Best um, scene of the entire showtime? Basically. Pretty much. We're at the setting where they get to Sherwood. And this is the whole... They make camp there. The whole caravan makes camp and they go into the story of Aileron. I think her name was can't pronounce that. The young elf aspiring elven warrior who thought she could take on the humans. I believe we met her in season one. I don't know if this is the exact one or if that was another young elf. I will have to double check that because Phil Evangel is still alive. And this chick seemed like she was before Phil Evangel. Anyway. This is the the confirmation that I've been waiting for for two seasons because we have the elves. We had them all last season. Oh, we can't reproduce. All of a sudden, we have a miracle baby. It's like, okay, well, tell us why you can't reproduce. What's going on? They finally break it down here. This young, aspiring elven warrior got all the young elves to go to war. All the young elves died. Elves are only able to reproduce when they're younger. So after a certain age... They can't reproduce. So when all the young ones died, they condemned their race to annihilation, pretty much. Right. 
it's honestly okay. great fantasy writing. Like that's like a unique take on like why they can't reproduce. I really like that. And Yennefer talking about the whole conjunction of the spears again here. I forgot that the humans weren't originally part of this continent. So that was cool to see because they're just they just mm-hmm. come and fester because we just reproduce so quickly and stuff. That was a really cool little tidbit that we got uh reconfirmed there. But yeah, so this was the elven realm. Everything was good before the conjunction of spheres. And that's such a pivotal moment in the Witcher history. Yeah. That was like eye-opening. We're like, what? Humans weren't here first? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It's cool. I think um, that gets a lot more talked about in Blood Origins. I don't know if you can confirm that, Paul, or not, but I feel like that was something big in Blood Origins. Yeah, Blood Origins. Uh, that shit went in one eye. We don't even have the to, other, yeah, dude. we don't even have to talk about it at, at oh, all. You actually did watch it. I did. I watched you, it right after Christmas. No yeah. takeaways? I, he was I was flaccid. like, what? I was like, is this even connected to the <laughs> Witcher universe? I, I think I was flaccid. It was, I was like, that's how now is becoming this even... the rating system? <laughs> flaccid or not flaccid? Yeah, that's nice. it. Black or white, baby. <laughs> I like that. Which um, is which, though? Um, I, anyway. I liked how it's like, it's just kind of classic fantasy of like young protagonists, world on their shoulders, learns this story of the past, and she's like, I'm going to do it differently. And I feel like any experience in the realm, it's like, you're not going to do it right, differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think you are, but it's not going to work out like that. So it's going to be interesting to watch uh, what I anticipate is going to be Siri kind of. And obviously a big part of her character, especially last season, was she's young. She doesn't really have a full understanding of the world. That's kind of Geralt's kind of whole idea with her is that she's very reckless. He has to be the voice of reason and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see with her how she deals with her power, actually becoming a player in the world, becoming somewhat cynical potentially about what she can actually accomplish and what the world is actually like. So I like that they're kind of feeding that to us already and kind of giving it to us on that silver platter. It'll be in our minds and it'll kind of fester and develop throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Emily was talking to me and she just asked, she was like, Hey, do you like Frey Allen as Siri? And I was like, I fucking love her, man. Mm-hmm. I think she's doing a phenomenal job. And she was like, yeah, but she was kind of annoying in season one. And I was like, yeah, she was. Cause she was a annoying little princess who, was you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way that she's already grown up, I mean, she's grown perfectly with the show. Exactly what Luke was saying. And they're just showing you know how she actually wants to help now in the beginning she was like why won't anybody play with me and now she's like i actually want to make a difference so it's great to see again kyle i'm kind of on your side <laughs> it's like dude didn't Geralt just tell you all these stories of somebody who thought they, Classic, they had a goal? i mean yeah. that's everybody I and mean, it's every young person in a fantasy story like this that gets some you know becomes king like, awakens some power it's yeah. just you know they'll, they'll learn what it's all about i mean that's what's fun about reading also different types of fantasy of you know getting into like game of thrones where it's like very dark and you know that's they learn very quickly how dirty the world is and things like that and then you read more idealistic what this feels like of like higher fantasy and things like that brandon sanderson obviously uh main characters are very idealistic in that they learn lessons all that kind of stuff so it's going to be fun to watch uh, that aspect of her character mm-hmm. yeah what a line he gives Geralt gives right here neutrality it won't get you a statue, but it'll certainly help in keeping you alive. And I was like, yeah. that is Geralt's MO right there. Neutrality. 100%. 100%. That's like defines his whole character. 
at least in the beginning. Um, so let's do this because I've been waiting. Like I've been thinking about I we me and Dave watched this episode yesterday. I've been thinking about this fight scene all day. It's been it's just, in my opinion, like this Rient trap. I think this is one of the best choreographed fights I've ever seen. Like the person who was responsible for the end of episode one, season one, plus the person that was responsible for the choreograph of this scene, hopefully they're the same person. And you can just kind of, you know, shortcut my what I'm getting at here is that person should be in charge of every single Netflix original who anytime there's like a sword fight, because the way they use slow motion, the way they use the turning camera, the way they use blood, it's just everything about it is so good. And I'm hoping it's not all rooted in the fact that Henry Cavill's the man and and like lives with that sword and practices with that sword and knows how to use it like in a balanced way. All of that is what makes Henry amazing, but it's also what makes these scenes amazing. I just want more of it. And I'm hoping that instead of just once or twice a season, we already have two of these amazing fight styles this season that I'm hoping we get it like every other episode at least. On a scale of flaccid to non-flaccid, I just, I immediately got non-flaccid and then I even got more non-flaccid as it went on (laughs) because, dude, it was so good. First, it was Siri showing that she's got a little bit, taking on five guys, throwing them in. Then Yen and comes out first. First, you met my wits. Now you're going to meet my magic. And I'm like yeah. more non-flaccid. And then, <laughs> you know, the, the throwing knife too. Geralt comes in, grabs the throwing knife out of the neck, stabs it up somebody else's. I was, I, it was like escalating, escalating. No <laughs> eels. It was just all escalating. Escalator. And then the fucking elves show up too. And it was like, here we go. How did they get there? Absolutely no idea. I have no idea like how, how Francesca got t- tipped up. They were just ready for it. They didn't no. even know. They just saw people fighting, it felt like, and they were like, all right, fuck yeah, we're doing this. I got your answer, Paul. So when they were doing the fake plan with Yarpin to go into the bar and start talking his shit to, to get the attention of Rientz, the two guys at the table, the one stands up immediately and, it, and he goes and tells Rientz. The second one was an elf who you see in the next scene goes back to Francesca and Scooby and like lets them know. Totally, totally right. Because he sits around a little bit. And the um, whole point is that Francesca lied about the reason why they're going to go hunt Siri when it's really all yes. selfish reasons. So that yeah. that was that. Yeah. The Gallatin was bus open. And he's like, yo, where the fuck's the caravan? And she's like, whatever. Too late. Go with your plans. Yeah. Yeah. Francesca fucked up big this episode. She has got the elves. They're going to be torn apart as if they're already not just on the fringe of extinction already. Like she is m- fucking with them mm-hmm. horribly. Unfortunately, the, like there's just so much going on in the scene, which is amazing. Like there's so much to talk about the portal magic that was going on at the same time was incredible. Like I loved that whole thing with Yennefer, just like holding it mm-hmm. open. You could, that was great dude. Physical oh. acting just a bite by Yennefer, just doing all that. And then Geralt just jumps right through the portal. It was okay. so hot how many times like she was just like struggling to keep the portal open and then just flinging magic behind her, just like knocking people out as if like they were going to do anything, even when she's struggling to keep open this portal, which to her also, she mentions is like a new type of magic to her. Like she said, it was something that she had never experienced or felt before mm-hmm. in her life. So the fact that she was even able to go toe to toe with this new magic is just I, it was so yeah. amazing she i was thought incredible. what you were gonna say is our favorite part and i'll let you say it if you want when we're in the portal and dude uh, me and dave jumped out of our seats when Geralt realizes holy shit i gotta get back just takes Rance's hands and fucking just turns them the- clockwise <laughs> 
I, I used it earlier to saying favorite part. That was the best part of the episode. That was the single best part of the episode. Wait, I totally yeah, agree. he just broke both of his wrists. Was like, I don't even need to fuck with you anymore. Like, I'm just gonna just please get out of my way real quick. I gotta go go back to baby. Oh, gotta disable him, and that was the yeah. best way to do it. Imagine the pain of that happening oh, in one awful. hand. Oh my God. And then two, and then not being able to move <laughs> and do anything. Dude, imagine uh, happening in real life, let alone like who do you call? I, like, like who do you call? <laughs> like, he gets it fixed magically at the end, but like if that happened to you in real life, it would be so awful. Like even like getting in a car, you'd like hit a pothole and be like, ah! <laughs> like it would just be, <laughs> it would be so bad. You're feeling that for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, for sure, for oh, sure. And uh, even right before that, the Luke to continue with the choreography gush. Oh my God, Rience is trying to say something like your your mage is out of her league. He doesn't even finish the sentence before Geralt's throwing the sword, making a move. They do quick little back and forths before Geralt has him on his knees and jumps back. Mm-hmm. So good, fucking Yen with her powers is so fucking good. She's she's holding this portal open. Siri is getting run up on by three elves. No look behind the back, just a little push by yeah. Yen to fucking send him flying <laughs> so and. Cool. When Francesca comes up and she's like, "Oh, you call yourself an elf?" Like she's, <laughs> she is, it, it, I don't know, whatever. She's, she is, and Yen turns around and goes, "Mine," and fucking sends yeah, her. Shut I'm up, like, Francesca. Yeah, so, sit down. Let me just ask a quick question to Paul and Dave here. Am I misremembering it, or is like none of this is like how Francesca operates in the books? No, Francesca is like introduced after. Like, I feel like she's a little. uh she has the, she the dives on it like she, she dives on it. I was on in. <laughs> I don't she remember her being like reckless. this, this, this like, um, but she also antagonistic to her. She also didn't lose yeah. a baby in the, in the book, right? Like she, that, I don't think that happens. Yeah. So I think she didn't also, she plans a lot more in the books. Whereas here, I think she's just driven by anger because yeah. the baby, I don't think we meet her until an episode we're going to get later this season that we already saw in the previews. That's when we actually meet her in the books. I believe probably. Yeah. And all that shit with her killing babies. I'm like, are you supposed to be redeemable? Like I don't, I don't even fucking. Well, right now, definitely not. I can't help how biased I am towards her because I'm in love with her. So I'm just gonna she's let so, that go. She's very pretty. Don't get me wrong. She's so she the prettiest self out there. Um, yeah. I have one more thing to bring up in the fight scene, um, or I guess the direct aftermath of the fight scene, and then you guys can open the floor and then we can move on. But this is fan service right here. Um, and I don't even know if Paul knows this. Maybe you looked it. You looked it up. But when Yasker gets shot with the arrow. He oh, that's like what saves him is the loot, by the way. There. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he gets shot with the arrow. Whatever. He crawls to the corner and's like, "If I die, promise me that Valdo Marx will not play at my funeral." So, <laughs> who Valdo Marx is is he's basically just this in, this rival musician of Dandelion who is Yasker in the books. Like, if you look up the wiki the wiki page for Valdo Marx, it doesn't even mention Yasker because he's not been a character. I think it's more just like a book fan service thing. And just to add to it. When Yasker in the Jin episode back in season one, when Yasker gets the 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 lamp and thinks he has the three wishes, the one wish he says is basically to just take Valdo Marx's like abilities away or, or something, something, yeah. something like that. So this is a guy that's always just living rent free in Yasker's head because they fucking hate each other, and it's it's just like a book nod because like it doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But just wanted to point yeah. it out because I love that they do those. He doesn't things. have a number one mm. Billboard's chart song. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. What did Radovid said? Song with seven was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and Miyashiki's like, see, I got fans everywhere. Yeah. Um, it does. That my, is awesome. My parting shot on the uh, fight scene is going to be that 
Yarpin is just the man. Yo, oh, he, he had smashed that he was guy just footwork it. Yeah, oh. I like it's like I think it's when it's got to be I think when Geralt like looks back through the portal and it's just him smashing that dude's head on the rock. I was like, okay. were like, oh, yeah, that was a nice gratuitous shot for <laughs> I, us just to show us that Yarpin's that guy. I didn't even see it was Yarpin at first. Like I just saw this head get smashed and I was like, oh, whoever did that's a boss. Yarpin, yeah. of course. And he, he, um, him and Scooby kind of because they kind of show Scooby is is fighting, you know, doing his own thing like one v one, and then they start to fight. And it was like, okay, they gave us a taste of that. They wet their blades mm-hmm. against each other. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it got broken up, obviously. But yeah, I like Scooby. how they put respect on Yarpin. Scooby being Gallatin for the uh, show watchers there. And not how oh. I met your mother watchers. Scooby. I would say outside um, of the main group, Yarpin is definitely a top character for me. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He comes in. Rian says, I like my odds. He goes, I like mine better. He comes in, kills three people. He's like, too easy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> Just like NPC moves. Yeah, so, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Something um, I'm not really going to elaborate on just to mention when Geralt is in the portal, he, he looks out the window real quick, gets a little view of some cliffs with some red flowers. It looks like a little Sherlock Holmes. So, yeah, he's just keeping that in the back of his mind, seeing where that portal's going um, and trying to think anything else. Pretty much. No, um, I got nothing. Oh, you know what? How did I not bring this up? The one shot the one continuous shot of Geralt just killing 12 people using the uh wisher signs he uses r to push oh yeah and he uses the shield to block three of them coming in dude i was like busting through my pants it was crazy <laughs> that it was I, I let's move on this is too much i can fucking i know all that. damn it Geralt. Yeah, that was that was the last thing of the it scene was so such a good scene that's all you gotta know i'm gonna rewatch it after this um <laughs> So aftermath, we get Siri and Yen are going to Eretuza because Yen is like Eretuza is the only place I can teach her that's completely safe. You know, you got to come with and girl. It's like, hey, I can't. I got to go finish off ranch. You know, this is the guy who's been hunting us. We're not going to be safe until I get him off my mind. So they split up. They say their goodbyes a little bit later. We'll get to it. Um, we get to Galton is pissed. Because Francesca lied about attacking the caravan. He's telling Phil Evandrel, you know, what the fuck? He goes over to Dara. Dara's hurt and tells Gallatin, you know, Princess Cirilla of Sintra. All she brings is death. Um, and you know what? He says, she's not the problem. She is. And points to Francesca um, and, and says, you know, I'm going to fix it. Uh, it's time to go visit an old friend, which I'm not exactly sure. Who it would be? I have some guesses at somebody that we might have met from season one, but I'm actually not sure. It could, I mean, he's a made up character, so it could completely just be somebody made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any guesses in that. I don't know if Kyle has one either, but I, I had no idea who he was referring to. So, who I'm sorry, this is Geralt referring to someone Gallatin. No, oh, Gallatin. Okay, the Scooby is saying, you know. I need to go get help from an old friend to actually get this going because Francesca is okay. not doing shit. Yeah. But, 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 but. I don't know. Yeah, elf, though, right? No like guesses. Like, um, like he clearly hates humans to the point that I don't think he has any like go to human friends that he would be riding. Well, they, with. Are they, didn't they say that they're his like factions pro Nilfgaard? Yeah. Oh he, yeah. True. Okay. He's saying once Nilfgaard takes over the North, then we'll, all elves will be free because N- Nilfgaard likes us. So yeah. he's he's riding Nilfgaard. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say a Nilfgaardian. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I actually Just have throw that, that blanket guess out there. 
I have an idea, and I think uh, some book writer, book readers might be hype. I'm going to say Kahir. I was going to oh, say... Oh, okay. I maybe know who you're referring... No, probably not. I have a guess of who Paul's referring to, but I'm not going to say... I'm going to guess Kahir, just randomly. Yeah, that's who I think... Realistically, he's talking about? No, I don't. I don't, oh. but they like if Kyle's going to be right, that's the only person that it could be. Yeah, I guess you're right. But even Kahir, he's on the outs from the Emperor at the end of last season... Him and Francesca dungeon. got thrown into the dungeon, so they're kind of irrelevant. It doesn't matter. No, either way, yeah. we don't have to waste time because there's no way we're going to guess it. Yeah. I know who it is. <laughs> anyway, Geralt is going to meet up with Yaskir. So he's saying his goodbyes. Um, you know, he says bye to Siri, tells Yen, you know, there, there are going to be more good nights to come. That's my promise to you. You don't get a kiss, though, because I'm going to make you wait. The tension, baby. The sexual tension. Yeah, their build. Their kiss is gonna be awesome. If it ever I hope they have a bang scene. They haven't in a while. Um (laughs) but they do we did get the uh them remembering all the bang nights that they had earlier in the episode. She was like, Do you remember Geralt? And I was like, I remember. Oh my god. (laughs) I I remember watching all I vividly remember. I was so Yaskier is back in Redania, tells Radovid and Philippa that you know he'll do it he'll bring Siri to Redania he'll settle down there but you got to take out this firefucker first Rience the rogue mage you got to take him out we get this cute little scene of Yen writing Geralt one more letter and he writes one more back Oh, uh, when and, she unrolled it and it popped out of the little sleeping mat I was like you fucking dog <laughs> Yeah, this fucking guy. How can somebody who never talks be so smooth? Doesn't matter. He's great. He's great. And his big reveal at the end is, you know, for the first time, I understand real fear because I feared never seeing you in Syria again. We belong together. We belong. We belong. He, He says, I will learn to trust you again. We belong together. And uh, you got a rule for her for like a year and a half. Yeah, right. She's gonna train the shit out of Siri. (laughs) I'm really excited to see that. We got a few quick flashes while Geralt is narrating his letter. We see Aratuza and Tissaia. We see Rience getting healed by the other rogue mage, the old old guy who I can't think of his name. No, the mage. Whatever. Stregobor, Kyle, my man, the non-book reader, mm, getting yeah. it. So we see Stregobor real quick. I'm not sure if he was actually at Aratusa or they just cut back to back. And then, yes, we see the king of Nilfgaard, Emperor Emir, Van Emrys. And he turns around and is just throwing all these pictures and patents of his old wife out and his family, but keeps one of Siri. And it's a little creepy, if I'm honest. Yeah. So certificate. Keep in mind, Kyle, that the reveal for Amir being Siri's dad doesn't happen until the second to last book. Or no, the it's last, the last book. It's the last book. So literally book seven. So the fact that they they told us that, where content wise, we're really, we're probably around book two. We're like middle of early book two. Middle. So it's book. crazy. Like it's just a. That's one of the biggest changes, that, and it makes sense for real life purposes. Just because how are you going to show this guy when we already knew what his face looked like? But just keep that in mind because like this whole time we're going through this journey, we have no idea that Amir is Siri's father, like what his motivations are. So that's like one of the biggest changes from the show to the book. But that's also part of it. And 
we could talk about it more later in this season. But yeah, he he loves Siri and wants Siri back. So that's the whole. Feels like a classic, like throw the casuals and bone. Yeah, where it's like that was like what I'm sure like got a lot of people like hype at the end of season two. I got like, oh, super hype. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh, I can't wait for season three type of deal. I I only knew that Stregobor was the name you're looking for because I, I was like. 90% sure that that's who healed Rience at the end of the episode. And I was like, oh, I thought it was obvious. And I looked online and it was like people discussing who it was. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I <laughs> just like, I didn't even think they were trying to hide it. I was like, oh, okay, that's Struggabor. So I, <laughs> I mean, that's still going to be my guess. I guess we'll see what happens. I know that, uh, that Malaka Vilgefort is still out there fucking creeping around. I feel like we, we left him. Him and Tessay were in like a weird spot. They're in a they relationship in now, correct? Right? Like they're in love. They were. They, were they broke up. Did they break up? I can't. I couldn't remember if they broke up. I do remember yeah. we were a heavy Tessay a podcast, and I stand by that. Yeah, I throughout this Rage entire podcast, I was trying to remember what her name was, and I just Taisa was the only word that was <laughs> in my close. head, and I'm like, I, I figured it out before Paul said it. Thankfully, and I was like, okay, I was gonna ask. Thankfully, I didn't have to. And, but yeah, he's obviously wandering around. I feel like the last time we saw him, was he not in Eratuza? So I feel like it's got to be in Eratuza. Yeah. Him or Streg. I should probably rewatch and see, like, because he's a tan, the olive skinned man, and Stregobor is an old, white, you know, man. veiny yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure it might be obvious if I rewatch. Did we see the King of Tamaria, the one who, who was in love with his sister, big part of the. Season I want one. to say Fulton. Fultus. Full test. Full test. Yes. Yes. So it is. He was there, right? In that circle. Wasn't that him talk? One of the people. I don't think that was him. Are you talking about last I'm season? Looking the, I'm looking at the picture no, right he now. He wasn't in that circle because we saw Queen Mev. Maeve. Maybe it wasn't Fultus. Yeah, I remember. Because you remember Tissaeus talking to the group of kings, the Brotherhood, yeah. she says. And you definitely see Queen Mev, Maeve, which I don't think we have too much exposure to yet. We obviously see um, Vizimir. We see to say uh, I I just couldn't place the other people. I thought one of them he was... could have been there, but he definitely didn't speak. Okay, he definitely didn't speak. But is that it? Is that a wrap on episode, episode one? Episode one, Sherwood, very close say, to the Shire. Uh, for those listening that made it this far in real life, part one of this season came out, which was five episodes. So we just decided to isolate the first episode by itself, just because we would all have that off-season talk at the beginning but going forward it's going to be in chunks of two so our next podcast that you'll be listening to will be episodes two and three then the next one will be three to four as we wait this long month until part two comes out i'm not sure if it's confirmed if part two is just going to be another three episodes and it's going to follow the pattern of eight or if we're getting real lucky here and we're going to get 10 but either way that's the pattern we're working with now so the next episode should have a little bit more content we'll probably go through it quicker than we did some of these plot lines but uh just because we'll be packing in two hours of, of content there but yeah, you know, any final parting shots that you guys want to to bring up before we get out of here it's that same thing we said at the beginning that i'm pissed this episode was so fucking good i know <laughs> the disappointment <laughs> at the end of the season is going to be real but just I, I knew the season was going to be a banger and it definitely started off that way. Um, very much looking forward to um, seeing our main characters again. I can't wait for Aratusa. I really like that part of the books a lot. It's just, it's basically the school of mages, right? Like that's just where, it, yeah, like I think Aratusa is just a really great spot and we still have not met my personal favorite character of the books yet. Still hoping to make an appearance in this season. We'll see yes or no, but season he four. might be next season. Yeah, yes, I know it's probably going to be next season. I hate it, but we'll see. Yeah, gosh darn it. Um, my, I'll just say that I thought it was just irrespective of like the show itself. Like 
the content of the show. It was just a great opening episode to a season. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job of kind of branching us from the finale in season two into one of where we're at now. It was enough to wet our whistles. They knew the ending was good to get me to want to jump into episode two, which obviously I could not do, so on and so forth. And then the purple eye, purple robe combo that Yen is so fond of is just fantastic. Yeah. Purple that's, Birdos, baby. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Purple Birdos, baby. <laughs> you know, that's a deep cut. <laughs> Episode one of season three in the books. If you like what you heard, please follow us up bingetowntv.com or at all socials. Again, we are bingetowntv.com. We got a bunch of shows that we're covering at the moment. We got Secret Invasion. We got Cruel Summer. We got Silo just finishing up. We got The Bear coming in season two. Uh, We got plenty of good stuff. So sure, find something you like. One Um, piece. One piece. Yeah, okay. That too. But hey, that's going to do it for us, guys. And we will see you back here next time. Thank you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 